Amen. Thank you, Phil, for, as always, doing a wonderful job with that song. That song just kind of calms you, just kind of mellows you out, doesn't it? It's pretty amazing. Thank you for sharing. And what a great truth. Uh, no matter what we face, the Lord has it under control, doesn't he? We can trust him. We'll turn to Galatians 5.22. We continue our look at the fruit of the Spirit, and we'll move, try to move fairly quickly. We, we are going to be observing the Lord's Supper at, after this message. But we come to faithfulness in this list of character qualities, really, really that reflect the character of God. And this is what the Holy Spirit is seeking to produce in each of our lives. And it is singular, as we have pointed out, the fruit of the Spirit. So this is for all of us. All of these qualities are for all of us. It's not a pick and choose thing. The Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is God who lives within us, the Spirit of God is seeking to make us like Christ. And therefore, the character of God should become our character, should be reflected in us. And so in Galatians 5.22, the statement is, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so we come to faithfulness tonight. The Lord wants His people like he is, to be dependable, trustworthy, honest, reliable. And so the Holy Spirit is at work to produce in us that same quality that we see in God himself. Because God is faithful. God is the faithful God. 1 Corinthians 1.9 simply says it like that. God is faithful. So... Whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we do not have to wonder or worry about whether or not God is going to be faithful. He is faithful. So that's off the table. And so don't ever let your circumstances make you begin to think badly of God. Because that's not who God is. He is always faithful. We may not understand what he's doing or why he allows things to happen as he does. But it's not that the character of God is somehow changed or he's not going to be the God that we read about in, in the pages of Scripture. He is going to be faithful. But he's going to be faithful to who he is, faithful to his promises, faithful to his word, faithful to his plan. He's not going to be faithful to do what we demand of him or what the world would say is the right choice or decision in a given situation. And that's where a lot of people get very disenchanted with God. They say he's not faithful or he's not good. Well, it's not that at all. It's just that God didn't do what they wanted him to. And he's not bound to do what we want him to do. He is going to be the faithful God, to do what is right. Moses affirmed the faithfulness of God. Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant 
and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So is God, is a thousand generations, does that mean God is somehow going to suddenly stop being the faithful God? No, that's forever. He's always going to be the eternal faithful God. The prophet Jeremiah affirmed God's faithfulness. In Lamentations 3.23, we have the statement, one of the great hymns, too, of our faith, Great is thy faithfulness, we find Jeremiah saying. Great is thy faithfulness. God's word and the testimony of his people through the ages indicate that he will be dependable and reliable and trustworthy and faithful. And so it's never something we should consider whether or not God is going to be faithful because that's who he is. Our Lord Jesus Christ was faithful and he is faithful. We can count on Jesus to be trustworthy and reliable and dependable and honest at all times. He's called in Revelation 1.5, Jesus is called the faithful witness. The Lord came to bear witness about the truth of who God is. He came to reveal who God is because Jesus, in fact, was God himself who came and took on human flesh. And he was faithful to the mission for which he came from Bethlehem all the way to the cross and in the resurrection and ascending to heaven. He was faithful to accomplish the plan that God had from before the foundation of the world. He knew that plan would lead him to a cross. It would include a crown of thorns. He knew that he would be laid in a tomb. But he also knew he would rise from the dead and conquer sin and death and hell for all of us. He was faithful unto death, even the death of the cross. So this is who we look to as our Savior and our Lord, he is faithful, faithful and true. Our Redeemer, our Savior is faithful and true. Hebrews 2.17, Jesus is also called our faithful high priest. He is our faithful high priest. He has passed through the heavens. He is uh, our mediator. And this is why we are so confident that we do not need anyone else to mediate on behalf of us for our sins. He is our mediator. He is our great, faithful high priest. We don't need any other priest. We don't need anyone else to intercede on our behalf with God because we have our great high priest who is always faithful. We can trust him, and he will always do for us what no one else, nothing else could ever do. He came as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, but he also came as the great high priest who offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And so in Jesus, we have that amazing reality that Jesus entered into death itself. And in so doing, he became the sacrifice he was the priest offering the sacrifice and he was the sacrifice itself 
that was laid upon the altar, died on the cross to pay for our sin. And so he is the faithful high priest. He was then, he always will be. We can count on him. He has once and for all, the Bible says, put away sin. He has dealt with sin. He has paid for sin. And we don't have to worry about sin overcoming us or controlling our eternal destiny anymore. Because when you accept Jesus as your Savior, your sins are forgiven on the basis of what Jesus did for you. And once and for all, he has paid the price of your sin. And so if we would truly follow him who is the faithful witness and the faithful high priest, the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us faithfulness. That we would be faithful the way Jesus was faithful. Being a faithful servant is something that is highly praised in Scripture. We see it over and over again. 1 Corinthians 4.17, Paul spoke words of praise about Timothy, whom he described as my beloved and faithful child, son in the Lord. My beloved and faithful son in the Lord. He praised Tychicus in Ephesians 6.21, another servant. He praised him as my beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. So we see this word faithful repeated as people are praised for their service. There's not anything that anybody could say about you that would be more of an honor in my view than for someone to say that you are faithful. You are a faithful servant. You are a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And whatever it is they're talking about, that you are considered to be faithful to the task that you are involved in. That is high praise because that is very much the character of God. He is faithful. And therefore, his people, if we're anything, we ought to be considered people who are dependable and reliable and honest People of integrity, people who are faithful. Paul praised Epaphras, Colossians 1, 7. Our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. Paul praised Onesimus, the former slave, as the faithful and beloved brother. Do you begin to see a pattern here? Faithful. Faithfulness is very important, and I think it's a character trait that is being lost among people today. Loyalty is another word. You know, loyalty, in some cases, people think the word loyalty is a bad word now because, say, somebody is loyal. Well, faithfulness, loyalty, loyalty to God, loyalty to Jesus Christ, loyalty to the gospel, faithfulness to what God has called us to. That is a wonderful trait. And it's something that the Holy Spirit is trying to produce in us. And so the question for us is, to whom and or to what are we faithful? We ought to be faithful in every aspect of our lives. Faithfulness is only a negative quality if you're being faithful to the wrong thing or to the wrong the wrong commitment. If you're, if you're faithful to something that's evil, 
then obviously that's a bad thing. That's a negative quality. But as long as you're being faithful to what the Bible says is good and right, then that is always a good quality in us. Faithfulness to God should come first. Faithfulness to family should take precedence over other groups or other people. Faithfulness to your marriage is supremely important. And that's what uh, is so vital in a marriage that both, both people, both the man and the woman, the husband and the wife, are faithful to one another. And faithfulness not just to, doesn't mean just not having sexual relations with someone you're not married to, but faithful to them to love them and to honor them and to cherish them and to do everything possible for their good. And if both parties in a marriage are doing that, then a marriage can truly become something that is from God himself, something that is extraordinary. Faithfulness to your children, to be the kind of parents, or if you have grandchildren, to be the kind of grandparents that you should be, to set an example for them. We should be faithful to them. Children should be faithful to their parents. That's what the scripture says. In fact, the Bible says that there is a blessing pronounced on those who are faithful because God honors faithfulness. Faithfulness to God's church, wherever God leads you to be involved in a local church, we should be faithful to that church and do all that we can to support its work and be involved in what God is doing there that's what it takes for it to be successful. Faithfulness to friends is important. Faithfulness to the Word of God. To accept the Bible as the Word of God. To believe it and to live it out. And that is uh, something that as God's people should be at the very top of who we are in terms of faithfulness. We are faithfulness. We are faithful to the Word of God. Faithfulness to your employer. If you have a job, the job that you're at, you should do your very best. Didn't Paul say that? Do it as unto the Lord. And that's not always easy sometimes. But do the very best that you can at whatever task you're working at. Faithfulness to yourself, too. Faithfulness to yourself. And by that, I mean... To be the person that God wants you to be. Be faithful. To be the man of God or the woman of God that he has called you to be. So that in a sense you can look yourself in the eye and know that you have been in a given situation or on a given day. You have done what God wants you to do. God has called us to be faithful. And so as we think about faithfulness as the fruit of the Spirit, God producing faithfulness in us. He's not asking of us anything that He is not Himself. And by His power, He will produce that in us if we will cooperate with Him. Faithfulness is not something that is give or take. It is required. God wants us to be faithful. Faithfulness is rewarding it's a reward in and of itself when you know you've been faithful. That is a reward in and of itself. 
because you know you've done what's right. And it also produces great things in your life and in the lives of others. Faithfulness will be recognized by the Lord himself. Now, your faithfulness to God may or may not be recognized by people on the earth. We ought to encourage one another. And so I would hope faithfulness is recognized among the people of God. We ought to encourage one another and praise one another in that sense. Not in a, not in a haughty sort of way, but we ought to let people know we appreciate their faithfulness to God and the service that they are rendering. But if that doesn't happen, it will be recognized by the Lord. Matthew 25, 51, what does Jesus say about those who will enter into heaven? Well done, good, and what kind of servant? Faithful servant. It will matter. And the Lord will recognize faithfulness. And faithfulness is requested and rewarded by the Lord. In Revelation 2.10 it says, Be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Faithfulness. Again and again and again. We find that word. Because this is what God wants to produce in us. We can rejoice that God is faithful. And he has called us to be faithful. And he will enable us to be people of faithfulness. As he rules and reigns in our lives. So let's let the Spirit, let's help the Spirit, cooperate with the Holy Spirit as He produces faithfulness in us. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your faithfulness. And we pray now that You will just help us to open our hearts, our lives to You, and let You do Your work in us. And Lord, help us to be willing to do whatever you lead us to do, to be faithful to do that, relying upon you, trusting you, knowing that you can do all things. And so we thank you for, for your faithfulness and ask that you would help us to increase in our faithfulness to you and to the work that you have called us to. And now, Lord, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, we pray that you will guide us and may this be a holy moment. May, may it be a time in which we draw near to you and see ourselves in the light of your sacrifice and your glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.